All right, friends, uh, welcome. This is Pastor Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Park, California. And uh, today we are continuing on with our reading, uh, our Bible study, uh, Hope in the Midst of Evil, uh, Genesis 6, uh, chapter 5, verses 13. And um, here today we see uh, many things uh, with all the death that was surrounding the world ever since the consequence of the fall uh, uh, there we saw Enoch being taken uh, to God uh, before yeah, ever even tasting death. And now, and now in the midst of all the wickedness, there is Noah. And Noah, as a reminder to us of the faithful walk with God and what that looks like, uh, that in the midst of all things, faith, Receives. All right. Uh, all right, 30 minutes. Let's do this. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. Bless us, O Lord, in your holy scriptures, and through all things, humble us to see your word in the midst of um, ourselves and to uh, trust and cling uh, to your word as, as at times our old Adam desires uh, more than you. Lord, lead us this day, guide us in your wisdom, and through all things, uh, grant us your rest in Christ Jesus alone, our true hope. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, today, uh, get your Bibles out here. Uh, Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to 13. And why don't we just kick in? Why don't we kick in here? Uh, let us read together Genesis 6, verses 5 to 13. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Right? So, so again, the Lord saw the wickedness of man continuing evil, this perpetual uh, just over and over, as I guess we'd call it better. Uh, they were living in... persistent sin, right? That is, they were living without any regard to God and His Word, and they're basically, uh, they lived the way they desired. Uh, this is the plight of the sinful condition, right? As we see it right here, uh, man, it is cold in here in this room. Anyways, <laughs> that's... Uh, here in the uh, persistence of sin, we see... This description shown to us when Moses writes continually evil, that they were continually wicked, right? Now, this is a very big deal, right? Of course it's a big deal because we know that the flood would occur all because of their continual evil as the Lord grieved what, he, uh, what they had done. And here we see uh, the, the, the danger of persistent sin, right? Um, you know, what happens in the persistence of sin? Well, we, we sin, and then we sin, and then we sin, and then we sin, and then what happens? We sin so much that it becomes, well... Sin no more, right? It becomes our normal being. And there in that progression of sin, what happens? It, it, it eventually, as the devil never tells us, it will 
destroy your faith. Right? And we see this uh, cautionary reminder in the, in, the, uh, in the wickedness of man here uh, before the flood that that continual evil perpetuates itself, sin, sin, and sin, and no more, uh, uh, no more seeing the sin for what it is, and it eventually will destroy your faith. Now, again, the question is, are we sinners? Yes. But what is the difference in, in how we view sin is that we don't persist in our sin as if we uh, revel and are joyful in it as if it's no big deal, right? But rather we live the... <clears throat> the penitent life. That is, when we see our sin, we are what? We're not, we're not joyful for it, but actually in the penitent life we confess because we are contrite. Contrition, right? We have sorrow because we've sinned against God, right? And um, basically, as we look at sin as a Christian, it's, we, we know, as St. Paul would say in Romans 7, that we do not have the ability to carry out that we actually do the very thing that we hate in regards to sin, but there is that struggle. There is that acknowledgement of sin by the law, right? Romans 5. And clearly, by the law that shows us our sin, we are called to repentance, right? <laughs> and see, the thing is with the wickedness of man is what? There is no repentance. There is no sorrow for sin. But there is just, yeah, there is just the cycle of man doing as they please, persisting in their sin. Now, why is it so important that we have the law? Because it shows us our sin. It, 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 it shows us that the, the road that we are going down, here it is the moment to pump the brakes and say, wait, what is really happening here? <clears throat> As a law is written on our hearts, uh, we are sorrowful for what we have done, and there we repent. Now, again... In this day and age, as we contemporize this in our application of today, false teaching is running rampant in our day and age, in Christianity, sadly. And one of the false teaching, kind of branches of false teaching, is to minimize the law for what it is. Now, when we start minimizing the law and saying, oh, that's not a sin anymore, or that's okay, you do you, you know, uh, the truth is relative, you know, uh, th this Bible that we believe, well, it's not relevant anymore, the, the, the words of the past historically are not relevant and obsolete uh, or they're not relevant and they're obsolete in our world today. So uh, they're not really sins anymore. And we see this disease running throughout Christianity. Um, and and it's, it's, uh, it's a very, what's the word? It's a very, um, um, it's a very uh, concerning uh trend that we are seeing today. And, and again, you know, uh, when we talk about uh, the, the persistent sin here, you know, it, it's very clear that this is the road to which they went. And that is what wickedness is, you know. You know, when you stop hearing the word of God, uh, you know, the devil turns sin into another word. Um... Sin becomes a mistake. Sin becomes a boo-boo. 
Sorry, I know you don't say, I did a boo-boo there, but really, it, or it's something I did wrong, right? It's like a wrongdoing or a mistake. And, and when we go down that kind of verbiage, what happens? I just need to do better, right? No, really, when we talk about sin, wickedness is not simply I have to do better, but this is sin. This is sin against God, sin against my neighbor, sin against the word of God, as I live, as I please, as, my, as if my life matters the most. And there we see our sin for what it truly is, right? Here in the man, as the Lord saw it, he saw their wickedness as they were perpetuating evil in their lives, so perpetual it was that... This was what their being was. They were wicked. Right? The word, you know, uh, why is the word so important to hear it and receive it? Because there, boom, as we hear the law, it does show us, as we go down this road, boom, stops us and says, this is the law. This is showing your sin. This is the disease and the poison and the toxic uh, flesh that is turning you from God. And the word stops you and, and calls you to turn in that call to repentance. And there we confess our sins. But for the wicked, it's, it's, all, it's all about what? It's all about you on that road of persistent sin. Right? And as a result, um, and that's why the word is so important, friends, you, you got to hear it all the time. Oh, I already know that, Pastor. No, you know, I, I get it. I, I know what you're trying to say there. But when we look at the mirror, we, we need that constant law gospel pendulum. We need that constant diagnosis and remedy, right? Every single day we live, this is, this is um, you know, th this is what addresses what we are really dealing with. And the word of God does that because it is living. It is active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword, right? So when we talk about uh, persistent sin, uh, he here we see, uh, uh, here we see uh, clearly uh, that this is uh, the cautionary reminder of what that result is, is that continual wickedness, right? The word of God definitely brings us back to who we are, not only um, in who we are since the fall, but also in the hope that is of Christ Jesus. Anyways, verse 6, it grieved him to his heart. Why did it grieve him? Of course, because God is what? God is holy, right? God is holy, and it grieved him because, well, um, as we uh, talk about uh, the close of the commandments, I, right, am a jealous God, right? That God, you know, these are, uh, this is his creation, and um, he, he loves them, and, and yet he grieves because they are falling into utter and perpetual and persistent sin, right? Now, he grieves them, right, as we see right here in verse 6, uh, and we should read that because I didn't. It says, And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him to his heart, right? And the only uh, next step would be, well, the wrath of God. Verse 7. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals, creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry for what I have made, or, or I am sorry for I have made them. Now, uh, back on my uh, clipboard here, I forgot my quote uh, from Luther uh, pertaining to verse 5. Verse 5. 
Sorry for the rewind here. Therefore, we must fortify ourselves and hold firmly to this doctrine, which sets before us our sin and condemnation. This knowledge of our sin is the beginning of our salvation, that we completely despair of ourselves and give to God alone the glory for our righteousness. Therefore, we have the clear assurance that God does not cast aside sinners. That is, those who recognize penitent life, right? That recognize their sin and desire to come to their senses who thirst for righteousness, penitent life, or the forgiveness of sins through Christ, the penitent life, right? So the knowledge of our sin is the beginning of our salvation, as Luther would say. Now, again, the persistent sinner does not acknowledge sin. The persistent sinner goes down that line of sin and just continues down that line and just says, you know, This is who I am. This is how I'm going to be. And no matter what the law says, no matter what the word of God says, I will do what I desire to do. And no one will tell me what to do because I am my own little God. This is why the word is so important. Because we know that no one is immune of this perpetual road of sin. Right. And how easily it morphs and evolves into this avalanche uh, of this persistence of sin as we in that moment. Trust me, friends, in that moment of this road, it's like, yeah, all is well, all is well. I'm getting what I want. I'm, I'm fulfilling my desires. My cravings are all satisfied. You know, I'm, I'm leaning on my idols in every uh, which way my flesh. And at the end of the day, what happens? We get lost in the dark. Right. Anyways, so that was a quote I had to tell you because Luther pretty much is, you know, pretty much the man. Right. And, and here we see uh, uh, in his faithful words uh, clearly uh, that that acknowledgement of sin is very important as it is, as it is the beginning of salvation. Right. Um, and that's the plight of man, friends. I mean, look. Uh, we saw it in our first parents and we see it in ourselves. All right, verse 7. Now, there is a consequence for sin, and that is the wrath of God. You know, people don't want to talk about the wrath of God. You know, they, they want to make God in a what? Yeah, God is love, right? First John, right? God is love. We know that. But again, as, as we see uh, the close of the commandments, that uh, what does it say right there? Uh, that, yes, he will bless uh, uh, to, to all the generations, but to the third and fourth, to those who deny him, he will uh, bring that consequence, right? And that wrath um, is, um, is real, right? When we sin, we should not be jumping for joy. When we sin, we shouldn't just say, well, it's their fault of why I have sinned. Or we, when we sin, we should definitely, and in this life of faith, in this penitent life, there is that sorrow for our sin, right? And here we see God's wrath. And there is wrath. You know, when, when we die, as we talked about yesterday with the resurrection of the body, on that last day, there is eternity for everyone. Either what? Eternal life or eternal death and condemnation. Right? And this is, this is, this is the wheat and the chaff. Right? This is the winning, winnowing fork at hand. Right? You know... When we reject the word of God and go on our way, that is a very perilous situation. 
shown to us in the wickedness of man and the consequence of the oncoming flood. So when we talk about the wrath of God, yes, you know, the fear of God is real. You know, you know when, we, when we trust uh, in who our God is, we definitely fear him. Because that, in, in that fear, we, we look at his word, and that is, the, uh, that is the guide to which leads us. And when we do fall short of that word, there, of course, uh, we are sorrowful. Now, the fearless, if we're not fearful of God, what do we do? Well, I, the word says this, but I wanted to live like this, so I'm going to live like this, and I'm going to have no bearing. Uh, the God's word's going to have no bearing on my life, and I'm going to live as I please. Now, that is the, the result here, the consequence of evil, right? That is what they were doing, and we see the result. See, that's why when we give you the word of God for what it says, you know, uh, and especially as pastors, you know, um, we, we continually need to stand firm with the word of God because once we start shrinking and trying to placate the masses, um, we're actually doing the greatest unloving thing for them by not showing them the truth. And sometimes the law of God, the truth does hurt, but yet the truth shows us clearly what we're really dealing with and also the answer of Christ. That's the thing in this day and age, friends. All we have is the word of God and his truth. Once we deviate from that, it is finito. It is no mas. It is over, right? And here we see clearly that uh, when we talk about the wrath of God, that is the consequence for, for these wicked men, this world trapped in their own perpetual wickedness. All right. See... I love this law gospel motif because remember chapter uh, chapter five with Enoch and he died. All these uh, generational lines, right? Uh, and Methuselah, and even at nine hundred sixty nine years he would die, right? Um, good run, by the way. But the point is, is that uh, we talk about that, and he died. Remember, r- reminder of for the wages of sin is death, Romans six twenty three. But also uh, there is hope in Enoch. Right here, in the midst of all this persistent evil and what would seem like there's no hope at all, there was Noah. What does it say right there? But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found favor, right? Now, what does this favor look like? And we'll talk about it more here. But favor is not one, but favor is given. Remember that. Favor is not one. You cannot win favor with God. If you can win favor with God, we might as well just be any other world religion. Because, well, that's what they do. They try to win favor, right? Um, and here, uh, clearly, we see that when we talk about the hope uh, that is in Noah, uh, there he found favor with God. Now, what does that favor look like? Well, verses 9 and 10. Why don't we read that together? These uh, are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Again, an Enoch an Enoch. An Enochism right there. He walked with God, and Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So clearly, when we talk about Noah, who he is, righteous, blameless, walked with God. These are words of faith. Now, what is faith? 
faith receives. Right? Faith is a Ephesians 2, 9, 2 8, 9. Faith is a gift, right? That God gives Noah this great faith. Habakkuk, the righteous shall live by faith, right? Anyways, so Noah didn't win favor with God, but he was found favor with God in this life of faith that was a gift, right? And here in this life of faith, he was declared righteous, blameless, and he walked with God. All the meanwhile, we see uh, verses 11 to 12 here. All we see, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. So in the midst of the hope, surrounding Noah was the continual evil of man. Now, this is a very good point here, and I know I don't really have space on my board, but hopefully you can see the bottom here. I'm just going to use it here. But when we talk about Noah and we see uh, the world, and this is very important because as Noah walked with God, you know, when we think of our own faith life, you know, as we walk with God in the name of Christ Jesus, in the name of our baptism, in the name of the death and resurrection of our Lord, we very well know what we see is through faith, right? And all the meanwhile, we see the world looking at Noah, and they probably thought, what a fool, what is he doing? I mean, especially the upcoming uh, with the building of the ark, uh, the world sees Noah as in their own carnal eyes, you know, in their own pride, in their own arrogance, in their own self-sustaining, perceived, I can do this myself life, I can live as I please life, that Noah was foolish, right? And honestly, that, today, that is, what, that is the world that you and I both live in, right? But as Noah, Noah's wise, Noah's faithful, he, he saw, he saw everything in faith. I mean, after all, we'll see what happens here with the ark. But, you know, and, and I think this is very important. That as we live life, you know, as we look at Noah, it's, we go with, and I always pray for my children as they go to school, that as they go into the world, that God will continue to grant them faith to see everything through the word. Everything that's happening is through the word, right? We see the wicked people, they were without the word. And they lived without the word. And inevitably, this is the path that they went on. Now, for Noah, everything was about receiving through the faith. That is in God and his word, right? And for Noah, again, through the word, he went. And through the word, you go. So when we see a world that is... Uh, filled with violence, just as it was in the time of Noah, what we see is a world that is entrenched in the darkness that they are not even aware of. Right? When we see uh, 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 people delving into false teaching, of course, uh, this is of no surprise, as this is how the world sin condition is. And this is the sign, of course, according to Scripture, the end times. 
Right? When we see people fighting amongst one another, when we see discord, and when we see even affliction and, 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 and physical illness and all these things, these are all result of the, uh, the fragility of man ever since the fall. Right? It is to teach our children clearly what this life of faith is all about and to see through this lens of the word and to see the tension of our old Adam that desires to live um, in our own way, in our own flesh, in our own sinful nature. Yet when in fact, when we look through the word, we say, aha, that's right. This is the world that I live in. Um, and, and this is what... Uh, not only they are dealing with, but when I'm in my own temptations, let's say, uh, this is the spiritual fight uh, that is before me uh, with the world, the flesh, and the evil foe himself. This is the life of faith as we walk with God. We walk in His Word. That's why studying the Bible is very, muy importante, right? It's very important, right? Coming to church, hearing God's Word, coming to Bible study, uh, and I love when people come to church Bible study, of course, because this is where we are growing in the Word. Very important, right? To grow in the Word. I cannot emphasize that enough, right? Because there in the Word, we are being illumined and our eyes are being opened to what this life of faith is all about, ultimately Jesus Christ. And as we walk with God there in His wisdom, we see things spiritually, constantly, right? Not just physical eye vision, but really seeing what is going on here. And as we go on with this life of faith, what do we do? We cling in trust to his very word. And when we do fall short, let's say, the penitent life, the Christian life is a life of repentance, Luther would say. And that is so true, the life of faith, as we live under God's word, under his care. And there we proceed with repentance, right? Uh, hymn 716, I believe, I walk in danger all the way. You know, you know, the, the old, the old Adam, as we see the wickedness, oh, this is the playground. Yay. It's fun. You know, I get to do whatever I want and I'm going to go as I please in my sin. And I'm just going to perpetuate that over and over again. It feels good. It, you know, um, it, it makes me happy. It makes me full. I'm just going to go and do it. No, you know, when we talk about the spiritual reality of things there in the midst of all evil, Noah was, and there in the life of faith, he proceeded in the word of God, eyes open, faith seeing things uh, spiritually, what is really going on uh, around him, but also in himself, right? And that is why the word is so important to hear it time and time again, because there the Holy Spirit creates and sustains faith in you, right? This is not just a knowledge thing. This is a Holy Spirit working on you by that very word and giving you uh, the spiritual um, eyes, this life of faith as you receive it, ultimately, in Christ Jesus alone. All right. Verse 13. Um, and God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. <clears throat> make yourself an ark, verse 14, of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside out with pitch. This is how you are to make it to the length of the ark. 300 cubits, 450 feet, its breadth 50 cubits. Uh, 
75 feet, um, and its height 30 cubits, which is, I believe, what is it? It is, let me see my notes here uh, to get it, um, 45 feet, right? So, so I, I think we'll conclude here today, and this is a really good picture of Noah's faith. Remember, no, faith receives, right? And we see this ultimately in, in infant baptism, right? Faith receives, right? Receives. Um, and here we see Noah in one of four divine conversations that he has with God, well, it's not really a conversation in a sense where he's talking, but God is speaking to him. Nothing but silence, right? He listened. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of Christ. He listened, and there he went to do it. He didn't say, oh, 450, you know how long that's going to take, Lord? I mean, do we even have enough gopher wood to make this? I mean, come on, let's just make a little skiff or a little raft. Isn't that going to be good enough? Right? No. He, God gave him the exact command, and there he followed it. God gives us his word, and there we follow it. Right? This is the life of faith. Right? And, and, and when we talk about listening and, and receiving, there was no speak of Noah here. He simply received it by faith and he did it, right? And he followed God's word. We see the clear, and we'll talk about this more next week, but we see the clear difference, right? The wicked world and Noah. And this is the constant, friends, is that faith receives, and we see Noah all along just receiving, receiving, and receiving the gifts, all by the word of God, all in silence. And there he would strive uh, to build that very ark uh, and, and save his household, late and all, along with all the animals, right? Two by two. So um, there's a lot to apply today, folks, right? There's a lot to apply and really see clearly what this life of faith is all about. Right? Noah is our reminder of what that looks like. And um, are we perfect? Is Noah perfect? No. Is he a sinner? Yes. Are you a sinner? Yes. Am I a sinner? Yes. But in faith, what do we say every single Sunday? The Lord is faithful and just, and he will um, forgive us or cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just, and he will forgive us all our sins, cleansing us from all of our unrighteousness. And this is the life of faith. Juxtaposition right here, compare and contrasting the wickedness in Noah. Wickedness and Noah. Wickedness in Noah. And how we ought to proceed uh, walking with God just as Noah did uh, with, the, with these eyes of faith, with the word written on our heart as we live under his word. Hear his word, friends. Study his word. Repeat, repeat, repeat over and over again because there we know uh, the Holy Spirit is working, right? Sustaining us and pointing us to pumping the brakes by the law but also giving us the remedy of Christ and his forgiveness. 
This is the life of faith. Remember, the knowledge of our sin is the beginning of our salvation. That's it, right? And uh, that's what, uh, that, that is so true in terms of our life of faith. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for this time together. Bless us, O Lord, in your word. And may this word dwell within us richly. Lord, we know uh, the wickedness of man. Lord, grant us strength and wisdom to overcome our sin, to trust in your forgiveness, and Lord, through all things, to lead us um, in this life of faith. Bless us and keep us this night and, and grant us your safety. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, have a good night and have a good day. Uh, Wherever you are, however you are listening to this, may this word go well with you. And until next time, uh, take care, Mac. Have a good night. And um, have a good night and uh, go now um, in the blessing of God. All right. Until next time, Pastor Zhang here, Faith Lutheran Church in Park, California. Until next time, God bless you. Adios. And goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.